Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. morning, my friends, and happy Tuesday. Yesterday, we saw part one of Paul in the city of Athens, a place full of scholars, philosophers, people almost obsessed with getting new knowledge, new insights, new ideas, but getting that without discernment. And we saw Paul before the Areopagus, a court in Athens, full primarily of Greeks, And he drew that beautiful connection to an unknown God, saying, What you therefore worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. And he drew a line back to the living God, the God that we know. And one interesting thing, we see his different approach to these Greeks. Typically, Paul goes into a Jewish synagogue and he starts with the scriptures. He starts in the Old Testament. That is the connection he draws because Jews grew up with that. Jews studied the Old Testament, so he draws a connection. But in this case, he connects to their unknown God. So let's see how this speech ends and what the results are. Let's dive into Acts chapter 17, verse 26, and I'm reading from the ESV. And he, speaking of God, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. Isn't this beautiful? He's painting this picture of a God who does not live in man-made temples, a God who made the heaven and the earth, who gives life and breath and directs human history, and yet he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Isn't this amazing? Now we see him bringing in the living and active word of God, the scripture. Now that he's already drawn a connection, he's using scripture to explain that God is not far from us. For him we live and move and have our being. And now drawing more connections, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. Pointing out that their temples, their statues, those aren't God. God isn't made of some element that you find in the earth. 
We are God's offspring. We are not offspring of stones. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So Paul went from drawing this connection to something they knew, to God, to now clarifying the truth that God is living. He is not something we can make. He is greater than that. And more than that, he will judge the world. We are called to repent of our sin. And he proved all of this by raising someone from the dead. Of course, we know that Paul was pointing to Jesus. A very different, a very unique way to share the gospel that would make a connection in the heart of these Athenians. And let's see their response. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst. But some men joined him and believed, among whom were also Dionysus the Areopagite and a woman named Damaris and others with them. So a couple interesting things to note. This is one of the first times we've seen Paul just leave a region. People weren't mad and shouting. Sure, some people mocked him, but others were ready to hear him out. And he leaves this region, and we can't help but wonder why. I'm reading a book by Beth Moore, and she conjectures that the reason that Paul left, the reason that there wasn't a large number of believers, is due to indifference. It talks about them spending their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new, but they were indifferent to whether or not that newness was trueness. I know trueness is probably not a word, but it cuts to the point. They're not concerned if the new is true, just that the new is new. And so we see here that yes, it's amazing that some men joined him as well as a woman and others with them. But as we continue through the scriptures, we never hear about a church starting in Athens. So we can't help but wonder, perhaps, is that obsession with newness and the indifference between the new and the true, could that be a reason? That sneaky mindset, not of flat out persecution, of chasing people out like happened in Thessalonica, but of not caring, of not allowing the words to impact your heart one way or the other, not allowing them to impact you to anger and not allowing them to impact you to faith. But regardless of the size of the outcome, believe this, God's word, the gospel message is true and it is powerful, even in a city that has gods built up in temples all around. Paul shared this message. People listened and some believed. 
and remember each person who believes there is a celebration in heaven. Every soul matters. It doesn't matter how many, it just matters that one. And take that attitude with you, whatever you do, whoever you impact, show up, even if only one person will be there. My coach Whitney was just chatting about this, that we need to show up even if, even if we're having a bad day, even if only one person is going to hear us or chat with us. So whether it's church, your business, meeting with friends, whatever it is in your life, show up, share, because even one person being impacted matters in immense ways. Even one tiny seed being planted that you may never see harvested matters in immense ways. And God will use his word and his gospel and he will use you to share it, my friends. Step forward in that truth. Listen to the person you're talking to, draw connections to their life and share, even if only one person is impacted or one seed is planted. And I will see you tomorrow morning. I know I've shared about it for about a week, maybe two here, but I'm just so excited and things have been happening. The Holy Spirit has been working in my free Exploring Christian Yoga workshop. Tonight, Tuesday, we're wrapping up with day five, talking about cultivating consistency. These are principles that you can apply to your yoga practice, yes, but also to other areas of your life. I would absolutely love to have you join me. This workshop has already been impactful and valuable. It's been so fun to see the connections that are being built and to answer all of the questions that you have about yoga and faith. So if you'd like to join me, all of the replays will be available until the 18th. So you'll have plenty of time to catch up, to comment, and maybe even win some fun giveaways. The link to join is in the description. It is completely free. Or you can head over to hesedheart.com workshop. And I would absolutely love to see you there.